Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Wednesday, and it's kind of hot. Boy, did we have a storm last night. It was incredible. I thought we were going to flood out, but here we are. Hey, I hope you're having a good day. I am. As usual, trying to think up adventures, things like that. And, you know, I wanted to talk about adventure design again because I'm always kind of conflicted on it. The reason I'm conflicted, I'm sure you may feel this way too sometimes. I feel conflicted in the way that I tend to do linear things, but I don't want to. I like I like open sandbox type stuff because I want the players to do what the players are going to do. I want them to have as much agency as possible. At the same time, I come up with these stories that tend to have a linear line. So I'm always kind of like trying to pull them apart and trying to make them, give them some breathing room, give the players some breathing room to do what they want, yet still follow kind of the narrative. I figured a long time ago that it doesn't have anything to do with player agency, the fact that the plot's going to do what the plot's going to do. Because either the plot does what it does or something else happens, which makes it part of the plot. So if that makes any sense at all. I discovered how to write adventures, as I've told people, I've I've told you folks before, if you've seen the videos, you probably know. The game Dream Park by Artelzerian Games, which is based on the novels Dream Park. And it kind of taught me how to write adventures in beats. And the beat goes something like this. And the beat goes on. Uh, the beat goes something like this. You get a hook. That's your beginning right there. And then it alternates from there between cliffhanger and res- what they call resolution. Or it's more like a, not denouement, but exposition. It's a little more of the story that the players learn. And it goes from cliffhanger exposition, cliffhanger exposition, cliffhanger exposition for as long as you need it. And then once you come to the climax, you have a climax and then a denouement, which is usually the part where they get praise. If they succeed, they get praise in the town, they get money, people level up, things like that. So it's kind of linear. I like it, but it's kind of linear. I like it because it gives me a chance to like, Hook my hook my beats into something of like a storyline, but at the same time, I don't want to railroad. I really don't because the fun is in watching the players make their own decisions. So I'm thinking of it. I'm starting to think of it more like a bellows. You know, it breathes in, breathes out, breathes in, breathes out, and because when I open it up, that's the conflict. That's the encounters because I open it up enough for the players can to do whatever they're going to do in the encounter. It may change the story, but I'm prepared for that. So I let them do whatever they need to do. And the, when the bellows blow in, that's when you get the exposition, which may change depending on what happened during the bellows out phase, because that could change things. And another thing is, A linear story has certain things that I'm not going to say need to happen, but would be preferable to happen for the adventure continue because being a GM, any GM worth his salt can adjust and improvise. 
So I want to do that if I have to. So what I do in the exposition part is that's where the clues and stuff are. Now, if they miss a clue or so, that's all right. I'll get it to them. My philosophy is if they don't pick up on the story, that's okay. I'll get it to them later some other way because I can always think of another way. And that's how I pretty much do it until you get to the climax of the Big Bad. And you don't know what's going to happen to the Big Bad. They could de- be defeated. They could. They, we could have a TPK. They could just curb stomp him right off the bat. It doesn't matter because they're doing what they do. And I will play the opposition smart or dumb, depending on the opposition. I will play it in character and we'll see what goes. This is the way I like to run games. Because I don't, as a player, see, I'm. <laughs> some, I, I get the feeling that sometimes, as a DM or GM, I'm too much of a player because I can see what happens on the player side because I've been a player for so long. I understand what happens on the player side, and I don't want to do that. I try not to to do like a railroad or force them into something unless absolutely the situation demand. Even if the situation demands it. I loosen it up because I don't want them to be backed into a corner that way. Sometimes characters do get backed into a corner. I mean, they have to, you know, life or death, choose one type of thing. If they get caught by the bad guys and say, you're going to do, you're going to give us the information or else, they could take the or else, or they could think of a third way. I never know with the players. That's an encounter right there. Anyway, that's the encounter section. So the clues, I worry more about the clues section with the encounter section because the encounter section, the encounters will take care of themselves. They really will. You put the opposition up there and you play them the right way. The the player characters are going to respond in kind and something's going to happen. So if you think your plot like a bellows bleeding in and out, because in, okay, what I want to say about the exposition part is this is where the clues, this is why I don't worry about if they miss a clue, because I want that a little breathe out. I want to stretch that out a little too, because you cannot go into a scene. All right, we'll call them scenes, beats, whatever. You can't go into a beat restricting the players. You can't do all your railroading there because that's okay railroading bad some people say it is but i have i have a certain philosophy on that and usually it's bad but what i try to do is i try to give them enough of the plot in that beat to keep them going i have to make the pertinent roles some role some some don't even require a role it just happens but i have a way of getting them the information they need because a game is a tennis match between the GM and the players. Players ask questions, GM answers questions. And that's how that goes. GM may ask a question, players should have to come up with an answer. Usually the question is, well, what are you going to do now? And there should be an answer there. So that's how I try to keep it loose, even within a linear form. It's like, I want to run a sandbox, but I always think of these linear stories. That's why I came up with the Rosie Sandbox. If you one of my one of my old man Grognar videos, I did one on what I call the Rosie Sandbox, which I will repeat on here in a later episode. How you can do a sandbox and still have linear stories, or more the the linear stories like I'm talking about here, where you actually they still have player agency, which to me is important, is paramount. Yet you still have a plot for them to follow. And as far as, 
you know, railroading them. Well, we'll get into that in another episode too. I have, I have a few words to say about that too. <laughs> Before I get a little too serious here. But anyway, I wanted to get that out there because sometimes it's just, it's difficult sometimes to, to not say the players will do this. You don't say the players will do this. You give them a choice. You lay it out before them and then they make the decision what to do. You lay out the problem, they will make the plan. That's the whole thing. Anyway, I'm going to go get ready for my day or start my day or whatever. I know I have to go to the grocery store later. But, oh yeah, by the way, I monetized this podcast. So if you're feeling generous, drop me a couple bucks there. It goes into my PayPal account and maybe we can get this, uh, (laughs) keep my equipment from breaking or things like that. But anyway, it would be appreciated. Uh, It's totally optional. Anyway, I hope you folks have a pleasant day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.